Greenland, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I was trying to remember what. Welcome to Dakota Boys Talk Movies. We have a new movie review. It's pretty new. It's kind of new. It's a little new. It's mostly new? Yeah. Welcome, though. Uh, I'm Steven, and... This is Dakota. Yes. And, man, we are here. We have a movie, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, Greenland. It came out at some point last year. It's kind (laughs) of one of those pandemic movies, and kind of ended up becoming... I don't know how I worded it to you, Dakota, I think, is I called it a soft blockbuster. <laughs> like, because it's hard to call it a blockbuster when it didn't have, like, a true opening. But it seemed like yeah. it went over well with the people who did see it, you know. I mean, it was during the pandemic, so anything that was halfway decent kind of got. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Kind of got uh, tension paid to it. <clears throat> Here's the next thing with this movie is every time... You- <sighs> Every time, bless you. <laughs> there it is. We're done. Got him out. <laughs> Every time it feels like this genre has died, another one comes out and then it does all right. And then Hollywood thinks they got to make it. So I'm sure there'll be another disaster movie coming. But this one was kind of had that deep impact feel, but more told from a really direct one family point of view where there's this extinction-level event, asteroid going to hit. But I would say in this movie it's a little different because there's kind of some pre-asteroids before the big one, I guess you could say. Yeah. That kind of happened. But Dukuro kind of set us up with the deal with Gerard Butler's family because they we find out that he's a structural engineer and so he's chosen, or his family is for, what was it? It's like a Cold War bunker? <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, mostly because of him, he's viewed as being necessary to probably rebuild the human race. Yeah. So he's chosen, and by proxy, his wife and his child are also allowed to come with him to this bunker where theoretically they'd, they'd ride out the storm. Right. And it gets complicated from there. Hijinks ensue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, man, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, really didn't know what to spe- expect going into this movie. And I think that helped. Right. I didn't have, you know, like, oh, this is supposed to happen, or why isn't this happening? But I honestly thought it was going to be dumber. <laughs> you know, and I think it was because in my mind, I was picturing, oh, this is another World War Z type situation. Yeah, kind of a Jerry Butler, you know, because he, Gerard Butler sends you these movies like Hunter Killer and, and even the Fallen series, even though those are popular and people like them, they're kind of campy. And I feel like this one wasn't campy and wasn't trying to be campy it was really trying to be like a heavy human drama 
with uh, kind of some really like, I don't know if uncomfortable is the right word, but like kind of tense moments that kind of put you on the edge of your seat about like, oh boy, you know, like it's, they kind of set up early on and, you know, I told Dakota, I'm like, well, this is going to come into play. You know, it has to with a kid, their kid having diabetes <laughs> and they kind of use that to build, to ratchet some of the tension as they say. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Overall, I would say the special effects were pretty good in this too. You know, as far as, yeah, and it's honestly a very tight story. You're kind of just following a few characters. Uh-huh. Um, good Lord, how how many main characters did Deep Impact have? Oh, boy. <laughs> well, and Deep Impact is trying to do this thing where here's what the president's doing. Here's what the news people are doing. Here's what the families of the kid who named the <laughs> meteor are doing. Yeah, whereas this one, you kind of follow them and you find out things through the TV and the radios and a few other things from people they come through along the way. And it's also kind of peppered with these, like, they're not, they're like slightly longer than cameos. You know, that's how most of the, like, I don't know what every scene, it seemed like there was a face we recognized and their part was maybe like five or 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. What probably should have been like a small role was really in a way, a bigger part to the story. Um, yeah. This is definitely a very character-driven movie. Yeah, real human drama. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, I mean, and I think that was why, you know, when the th- when things were happening, when it would be things that you would see happen in similar movies, like Armageddon or whatever. But in Armageddon, it's like, whoa cool and yeah but in this movie it was like oh god you know it was like you felt it a little heavier because the way they were driving your emotions through the story it wasn't like a yeah we're dying because of meteors or something it was a lot kind of sad a little heavier yeah um I really thought this was going to kind of turn into one of those stories where you find out, like, oh, people are the real monsters behind everything. I, it, there was a few moments where I wondered if it was going to kind of get pointed at people. But the only thing that was really pointed at people was just how we're kind of terrible in these situations. Like, there's always people that are just ready to loot and, you know, take advantage and things like that which is why i told you like it's kind of weird that this movie did go over so well in 2020 because it there were aspects of it that felt uncomfortably relatable <laughs> like just the looting and <laughs> steven burning their buildings down <laughs> can you quit talking about california for like five <laughs> minutes oh man i'm kidding there was no Autonomous zones set up in this movie, though. <laughs> there wasn't time. Oh, man. Yeah, you know, that's what was interesting about this movie is not real. Almost nothing was really s- said about or from the government. Um, I mean, there was military presence, but there wasn't like, a, ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States or anything like that. Yeah, I think... 
I don't know. I I, I think that kind of goes into maybe they were just trying to tell a smaller story. Yeah. Um, without like kind of bogging down the movie and adding heft to the runtime. Yeah. AKA being more cost effective. Well, that too. And, and you're right because it's like, you know, it would have been just another like moment because it's like the, the president or anyone like that wouldn't have anything to play in the story. It was just kind of interesting how, and I guess that's still pretty true. How most of what they were finding out was just through random, like through the grapevine or on the news, you know, that there wasn't more of a press secretary president presence to it or whatever. But maybe we were just supposed to assume the president was hiding in his own bunker or her bunker. Maybe in this (laughs) world, it was a woman president. Yeah, it's women uh, presidents are just as capable as being cowards. I want everyone to know that <laughs> that I think people can equally be cowardice. <laughs> oh, lot to unpack <laughs> with that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this oh man, this movie kind of showed, I guess, a uh, something that really hasn't been shown before, and it's uh, what would happen if there was. Uh, kind of a very serious, very, very real situation where you kind of had to just uh, cast your neighbors aside and look out for your own. Yeah. And that's so hard to do. I feel like when most movies that try to do that, they kind of just, they take the easy way out. They Well, this one, yeah, I got very uncomfortable because they find out they're chosen for the bunker while half their neighborhood's at their house for a birthday party. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, my gosh, how uncomfortable would that be? <laughs> Have everybody in the room as your TV's telling you you're chosen for a bunker to get away from the mess. Yeah, and right away one of the neighbors is like, oh, well, my my phone didn't go off. I didn't get an alert. Yeah. And you just know at that moment, like, oh, I'm sorry. And, yeah, and then it turns into panic where they're like, take my daughter. And it's just like, oh, gal, how awful. Oh, man. Yeah, it kind of makes you hope you never have to live in one of these, <laughs> through one of these situations. You know, just yuck. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh... Well, let's, performance wise, um, Gerard Butler, whether it's the greatest movie he's ever been in or the worst, he always gives 100% to his credit, you know, to his credit. And he produced this, and so, I mean, he had a little – he apparently had some passion for the project. Um, But I would say, overall, I thought all the performances were really good. Yeah. I mean, even the people like Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn's in this movie for not a super long time. Yeah, about five minutes, essentially. But he uses every frame that he's in to show off his old man guns. <laughs> Dude, he's wearing like this cutoff and he's got some pretty good biceps still for like a, a aging old guy. You're like shriveling <laughs> a little bit old guy. Yeah, he's got to be in his 70s at this point, right? Sure, I I would guess he would have to be. It feels like he's been old since Silence of the Lambs, if I'm <laughs> honest. It's like, has he ever been young? Uh, it's kind of like Alan Arkin. It's like, it just feels like they've always been old. <laughs> yeah, even in Deliverance, he wasn't exactly a spring chicken, <laughs> which I think is the earliest movie I've ever seen him in. 
Yeah, and then there's uh, you say her name. I always screw it up. The lady who plays his wife, Marina Bakarin. Yeah, Mar- Marina. Yeah, that name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she plays his wife, and like you pointed out when we were watching it, um, she plays the emotional stuff really well. Like it's it's believable to the point where you feel what she's feeling in a lot of those scenes. Like she really really carries that you know in her yeah uh which is interesting because i don't know on the surface you look at her body of work and she's kind of uh she kind of does like superficial things Uh, she was in gotham deadpool the deadpool movies the v reboot (laughs) (laughs) yeah well it feels like a lot of things she's in you know this is gonna sound mean but she's she's very pretty you know, she's very like is she like she's just there to be the pretty face or whatever. But I think like you find out that she's capable of more than that. <laughs> you know? I think that's why she got hired for Firefly, honestly. Because <laughs> of that, yeah, yeah, very attractive, but uh, uh, can play serious when she needs to. But she also has some comedic chops to her. Yeah, yeah, I think she's proved that too. I mean, I, honestly, I think she's most of the reason. V got a second season because it probably wasn't Elizabeth Mitchell. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Um, yeah, and then uh, the kid, I mean, I've never seen that kid before, the one who plays their son. And, man, you know, he's, he had a few scenes where really he had to carry the scene. And I feel like it, it was scenes where I've seen scenes similar with worse kid actors, and it kind of takes you out, but – you felt his danger <laughs> in a few of those times and his worry and his panic. Yeah. It's almost like he's one of the kids from the first it. It's just, uh, he's actually a really good actor for being so young. He did a really good job. Yeah. And he kind of, yeah, I don't know. You felt his fatigue. You felt his worry. There were a few times when he was completely frightened out of his mind. And I'm like, my goodness, did they really scare this kid? He's <laughs> um, but yeah. And then, like I said, it was just kind of fun how, there were just these other kind of people you recognize kind of peppered through like Roy from the office, you know, it has, it's a good dramatic turn from him, which he gets those every once in a while, but not too often. Although we were talking about how he must be older than we <laughs> realized, yeah. which he probably is in like his mid forties or whatever. Cause his wife is played by hope Davis, who was Tony Stark's mom in, uh, Civil War, granted, his mom in flashbacks, in flashback scenes, but we're like, man, are they closer in age than we realized or whatever? And maybe it's part of it is just that I still think of Roy 20 years ago, you know, <laughs> Roy from The Office, you know, 20 years ago or whatever. But, um, you know, they had a interesting, but what I was really noticing was, did it feel this way to you, Dakota, that all the people that make you feel uncomfortable in this movie had the southern accents like... <laughs> You get over here with that. Like, why do they got to do that? It was two people, Stephen. <laughs> but it was two critical people, and they both had to have, you know, that accent or whatever. Yeah. When, is, when is that going to become racist? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I don't know why they do that. You got um, any sweet tea? Because if you don't, I'm going to slit your throat. <laughs> you know, it just feels like that's about how, like... 
stereotypical and weird it is, but yeah, uh, you're forgetting. I think that this this movie does take place kind of for a majority of it in the, essentially the South, uh, even though uh, the two people with the Southern accents are kind of antagonists for a bit. <laughs> yeah. What's funny though is that Gerard Butler's just straight up Scottish. <laughs> yeah. He I doesn't mean, try to guise it like he does in the Angel Has Fallen <laughs> series where it's like I I'm American. Can't you tell? <laughs> Whenever he tries to hide it. Oh. So I was I and I'm saying that is kind of a good thing. At least he wasn't trying to hide it or whatever, you know, that he was just trying to be it cuz he's he can hide his accent about as well as Arnold Schwarzenegger can. <laughs> I'm from Texas. Always have been born here. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And so it's kind of nice when he when he's able just to play it since he can't disguise it at all. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, and then a part of me is just like, well, I'm okay with that, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I maybe it would have been distracting if he was trying to hide Well, that's his what I mean. Accent. That's what I mean. It's kind of like it was fine that find that he didn't have to so but yeah i don't know i think on the whole um there were maybe just a few little spots where it was like oh you know maybe that drug here or you know they could have tightened it up here but i thought overall this kept a pretty good clip going because i mean once it's like they go meteors are coming pretty much the rest of the movies them dealing with that and so we did kind of talk about, or you brought this up, I think, Dakota, too, like how it feels like that's how it is with these things where it's like, you were talking about like last year, <clears throat> it was like two days ago, a meteor got really close <laughs> to us. There's like, we kind of find out last minute or after the fact. And it's like, yeah, are they trying to keep these things from us a little bit so that we don't panic? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, they just, it's hinted at that this this meteor that's coming to Earth is supposed to be basically nothing, like a, just a few small rocks. Yeah. And, and then the first one, the news kind of seems to think or has been told that it's going to hit the ocean. And it's because it's it's like the size of a ballpark, I think they said. Yeah. And it is just smacking right into Florida <laughs> and having a 1,500-mile shockwave. And this isn't really a spoiler. This is kind of an early on thing to kind of set up the, that it's going to get serious. And uh, it's like, man, I suppose that's how this would be in real life where it was like, they just wouldn't tell us anything. And then, and then the thing is, is like, you can't control an asteroid or a meteor or whatever you call it. And so it's like, you are kind of at the mercy of how good your math is to where it's like, yeah, it should hit the ocean. And then it just pummels your continent. <laughs> and so, yeah, it is. Not the best thing to have happen, I guess. But, you know, I guess with that being said, though, I guess just go back to I'm just shocked that this movie did as well as it did in a year when we're all stuck at home because everybody's afraid of a virus <laughs> that's going to kill us all, even though it isn't quite as catastrophic, I guess, as an <laughs> asteroid would be or whatever, but... Yeah, maybe this was a good time to release this movie because it provided a form of escapism. <laughs> yeah, and maybe that's some of it is just the escapism factor. 
But Dakota, out of out of ten meteors, <laughs> how many meteors would you give Greenland? Oh man, uh, that's tough. Wouldn't it just be one massive one? <laughs> <laughs> I think. But one massive one is if you think this was just the greatest movie ever. Oh, then it's oh. just one massive catastrophic ELE meteor. <laughs> you know, I enjoyed the film, but not that much. <laughs> okay, where I would be like, oh man. Godfather, so out of Godfather out of, Two has nothing on there. <laughs> so out of ten ballpark size meteors that would just destroy Florida, which we could get over. <laughs> Ouch! How many would you give it? I'm not trying to judge you, Stephen. I just want to say no. I understand. Well, everybody. I understand. <laughs> oh, it's all in good fun. Oh, it's all in good fun. Uh, how many would you give it? By the way, just throwing this out there before I answer, Florida is still the state where a guy tried to rob a Wendy's with an alligator. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, uh, I mean... <laughs> In his that. defense, the alligator was hungry. <laughs> but... Oh, hangry, even. I think I would give this... Me- oh, seven and a half meter- meteors. Seven... <laughs> Seven and a half meteors. Seven and a half meteors. The half one is the one Bruce Willis. <laughs> Bruce Willis blue. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go a little lower. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it kind of more in that like six range. Oh, so is that is that affirmative six or is that like a soft? It's six? a it's, <laughs> it's a firm firm six. A firm a six plus, not oh, a, yeah. not a six minus. <laughs> okay. Oh well. Greenland, we would love to know what you thought of it if you watched it. And if you haven't, you know, I would say, I mean, it's not the most, it's not the feel-good movie of the year, but <laughs> but if you're into, you know, disaster movies, I would say probably out of the more recent disaster movies that there have been here and there, like Geostorm and stuff, this one's better. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you like those type of movies, um, this would be one to check out. I think... We're all hoping that the disaster movie of this year is going to be, and I mean disaster movie in terms of <laughs> not the movie being an absolute disaster, but being a good kind of movie with disaster elements is Godzilla versus Kong. But we'll just have to see there when that comes out. But as far as this one, we give it a a soft recommend to a decent recommend, depending on where you land on that. So yeah, tell us what you think if you saw it. Um, but yeah, I think with that, we'll wrap up this review and we thank you for listening and we just remind you to subscribe to us in all those places and like us on Facebook and, and do all those things. Leave us some reviews or suggestions or anything like that. We would love to see it, hear it, feel it. <laughs> well, that sounds intensive. <laughs> I don't know if I'm on board for any of that. I don't know. Yeah. We like, like maybe just like an emotional level feel, <laughs> but not too intimate. I mean, jeepers! I'm a married I'm a married man, so let's not get too intimate. Anyway, I'm just throwing this out there for anyone that know wants to know. I have a shirt that says I'm part of the Night's Watch, so uh, so keep that keep that in mind, people. You can take that as uh, no attachments. But yeah, well, anyway. 
Thanks for listening to this episode. This is Steven. This is Dakota. See you later.